On today's show, Jalen Green returns to the lineup and leads the Houston Rockets to a 110-104 win against the Miami Heat. Why did Jalen Green's return to the lineup help the Rockets offense so much? Amin Thompson looking good, good, like he's going to be an immediate impact player for this Rockets team. A look at the final rotations we can expect on opening night and so much more. It's all coming up right here at Locked on Rockets. This is Mission Control, Houston. Ignition sequence start. Throw it up to Jalen Green. Shingun here in the short row. Oh, my, that's the no look. Jabari for three and the win. Yeah! Look at Tari Eason. Here comes Tari. Oh! T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. The Houston Rockets select Amen Thompson and Cam Whitmore. One thing I have never done is not made the playoffs, and so we want to take that step here as well. Six. What's up and welcome to another edition of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and credentialed media member. I'm also the host of Locked on NBA Mondays. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin. And the show, of course, at Locked on Rockets, free and available wherever you listen to your podcasts, including YouTube. Now, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked on. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel right now. New customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets back guaranteed visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started and as always thank you so much for making locked on rockets part of your day every single day whether it's on your way to work on your lunch break in the gym thank you for making lor part of your day every single day what a game to close out the preseason for the houston rockets 110 104 win against the Miami Heat, who were, you know, they were missing Jimmy Butler, so the Heat weren't at full strength, uh, but still a really good win against a very good Miami Heat team who definitely, they, they took this game seriously, at least for the first half. Um, you know, as to do with preseason games, is some teams will, you know, take them seriously, others will use them as a dress rehearsal, others not so much, and the Miami Heat still shut down uh, a lot of their key guys after halftime, but we got a good half of basketball in, and even past that, uh, kind of to evaluate this final game of where this Houston Rockets team is kind of at, finishing 4-1 and one in the preseason is a pretty solid metric. We're going to get into some of the flow here in this game against Miami, because the Rockets did look they jumped out to a much quicker start, I will say. And, and Fred Van Vliet spoke about that post game, saying that because of the last two games and kind of the slow starts that the Rockets have had, uh, Fred wanted to come out and just, you know, really kind of force the issue early. Uh, he had, I want to say it was 10 points um, by the end of the first quarter. It may have been, may have been slightly more than that, but I want to say it was 10 points for Fred by the end of the by the end of that first quarter, he had a couple threes, had a couple other buckets uh, on his way to a really strong night, uh, finishing with 20 points on 7 of 10 shooting. He had three rebounds, six assists, two steals, and a block, and only one turnover in his 29 minutes of run. Uh, and it was kind of nice because you saw, okay, Fred, you know, coming out, being more aggressive, really kind of hunting his shot a little bit more in that first quarter. And then Jalen kind of picked up, you know, picked up the slack for scoring as well. Um, so Jalen, you know, got a couple, <clears throat> got a, got a couple buckets early, like one or two buckets early, and then closed out the quarter in a really strong way. It, you know, had the buzzer beater to, uh, to get the Rockets within one at the end of the first quarter, just the buzzer beater three pointer. And then where Jalen really took off was in that second quarter. Um, basically, Eme decided to run Jalen green with, 
a bunch of the second stringers, and it was just like Jalen unleashed. Uh, he he wound up scoring like eight points there, a four point play near the top of the second quarter. Uh, just a lot of freedom within that offense where I don't think he, he had to worry about, okay, am I, you know, pick and roll with Shingu and I'm going to try to get him the ball or, okay, you know, Jabari's open, let me kick it. I think the mentality for Jalen in that stretch was exclusively, I'm going to score the rock. Uh, and it looked really good. I think one thing that really stands out about Jalen, a couple things stand out about his return to the lineup and why things look disjointed without him and why they look really good with him. First of which is it's really nice having that secondary ball handler out there in the lineup because unfortunately for the Rockets, when they had the first game against the Spurs with no Jalen Green and they put Reggie Bullock in that starting lineup, you're down to only one ball handler at that point. Now, Jabari can handle the Rock and create for himself a little bit better than he could. That does not make him a quote-unquote ball handler. Shingun's not really a ball handler either. You can run the offense through him in the half court and you know it can look good doing that, but He's not the guy who's going to be dribbling, you know, running pick and rolls, setting up other players. It's a fine line between what he does and what like a traditional ball handler can bring to the table. Reggie Bullock, not a ball handler. Um, so basically, you go through the Rockets starters from that game, and you realize Jalen Green as a secondary ball handler opens up so much more for the offense, and it really felt that way here against the Heat, is having two guys in Fred and Jalen who are capable of the drive and kick game, even Dylan uh, Dylan Brooks to a lesser extent, who had plenty of opportunities to pump fake a three and then drive and kick it out to the next guy um, on the floor. That's what stands out about the Rockets starting lineup and how well those, those pieces complement each other. Dylan and Jabari can drive and kick. Right, but they're not going to be really the guys who are going to break down a defense when the shell is still form formed. You've got to use Fred and his driving ability, his creation ability, or Jalen to really kind of collapse the defense first, and then you can get to those additional driving kicks. So that was number one: is just having the secondary ball handler back out there with Jalen Green was a lot nicer in this game. And then number two for Jalen, it feels like he has this calmness to his game now. You know, last year. And obviously his rookie year, it felt like he's, you know, is very much, oh, I got to go 90 miles an hour. I got to go, you know, as fast as I possibly can to beat a defender. Whereas now it's almost like he understands like, like kind of fully like, hey, my first step is, is quicker than anybody else. Like I can get wherever I want on the floor. I just have to know what I want to do with the ball first. And you're seeing him have these moments where he sees it's, it's like his, his, you know, uh, processing is is speeding up to match his actual speed because he'll see you know this moment where like the defense kind of opens where there's like a wave and he's like oh okay cool that's my opening and he just beats his defender off the dribble and coasts in for a layup at the rim very easy buckets that way or even his three pointer to in that first quarter very patient you know tried to attack dribbled the ball back out for a second the defender left too much of a gap and Jalen just elevated for three. He's still insanely explosive, and he's still easily the fastest guy on the floor pretty much at all times, but there's like a level of confidence and a level of calm that is now a part of his game that feels much different than last year. Again, he had 17 points by halftime, finished the game with 20 points, so only three points there scored in the second half, so that's still one of those things with Jalen where he can get really, really hot for a quarter or two. Um, but it's still going to probably be the next step for him is getting that consistency where he can stay hot over the course of an entire game rather than waning, you know, in the second half or, uh, you know, struggling in the first half and showing up in the second half, whatever. 
because this was a game where, again, 17 points in the first half, only three the rest of the way, but still a really strong performance for Jalen Green. 20 points on 6 of 15 shooting, 3 of 7 from behind the arc was 5 of 5 at the free throw line. He had four rebounds, he had an assist, he had a steal, uh, and only two turnovers in his 28 minutes of run. And... In his return to the lineup, uh, he went ahead and took a chance to seize the Locked on Rockets, a player of the game award. So that's who it goes to uh, for the for this one, the 110-104 win against the Miami Heat. Coming up, I want to get into some of the uh, defensive things that really stand out about this team or stood out about this team against the Miami Heat, as well as kind of a crazy defensive stat to really show what this team is going to be capable of this season, as well as we got to talk about Amin Thompson and how good he has looked and the role that he's going to have on this Rockets team this year. It's all coming up here in just one moment. First, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Get into the action this NFL and NBA season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because right now new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place just a $5 bet. That means $5 gets you $200 win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. Right now, we can take a look at the Houston Rockets over under win total prediction over at FanDuel Sportsbook. Right now, it's at 31 Five. I'm absolutely taking the over on that. I think Rockets getting 32 or more wins is practically a guaranteed outcome this season. So go check that out if you want to check out any other odds. There's spreads, player props, over-unders, so much more on an app that is so easy to use. So visit FanDuel.com slash on for the start of the NFL season and the NBA season right around the corner. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. It's that time of year. The Locked on Ultimate NBA season preview is here. A six-episode series with all 30 of our Locked on NBA team shows. From contenders to tankers, we go in-depth into the biggest storylines heading into the season. Catch all six episodes on Locked on NBA on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. This year, the Rockets graduated. Oh, so proud. From the tankers category, which is the bottom rung of those six shows, uh, into the what's next category alongside the Atlanta Hawks, the Utah Jazz, the Orlando Magic, and the Chicago Bulls. Uh, It was a ton of fun. Go check out the episode. It's on the YouTube channel, the podcast feed, all that stuff. Um, What I want to tackle here is just how different the Rockets feel as a defensive team this year. Um, So many of the things stand, so many so much, so many better things stand out defensively about this team, and it's kind of like a funny uh, contrast, I guess, to look back at the Spurs game where you had your vets sitting out with no no Fred, no Dylan, and kind of the struggles that that team faced, and then you go to this game, and you're like, oh, it really is that simple. Like you add two All NBA caliber plus defenders to your starting lineup, and it just kind of elevates the entirety of the defense. And it's so many small things, right? It's the way that you know, a player will be posting up or will have the ball at the elbow and Fred will be the nearest defender and dig at the ball to really, and it might take, you know, it might, all it might do is, you know, have the player kind of shift from one side to the other or have to lift the ball up, you know, away from, from where Fred is like snatching at it or whatever. It might only kill one or two seconds on the shot clock, but those one or two seconds is all you need to blow up a play or to mess up the timing on a connection between, you know, a pass between two players or to shave off another second or two before you can get a 24 second shot clock violation. It's all those little things that mount up over the individual course of a defensive possession, right? 
Dylan Brooks, you know, bumping chests with Tyler Hero on a drive, knocking him off his spots, right? Trying to make him a little bit more uncomfortable so that he just doesn't get whatever he wants with no um, with no pushback, right? Uh, you know, so I think that watching this t- Rockets team kind of handle the defensive assignments, they did a really good job, um, I thought, against, against the Miami Heat and against the starters. I mean, they wound up holding... Kevin Love, one of four shooting. Caleb Martin, two of six. Bam was four of six. Uh, and there were a couple of moments where Bam got some guys in some foul trouble for sure. Jabari Smith Jr., two early, very quick fouls, both trying to deal with Bam out of bio. Shingun picking up a foul or two here and there, trying to guard Bam. Uh, but Kyle Lowry, just two of four shooting. Tyler Harrow, four of nine. Uh, it really felt like the Rockets did a decent job guarding that starting unit, uh, switching out on different guys. There were moments where Alper and Shingun was switched out onto Tyler Harrow and did just fine or guarded him on a drive and blocked him. Uh, there was actually, it was a sequence of possessions. It was three possessions in a row in like the second quarter where Alpi was guarding Harrow on a drive and blocked him, was guarding Kyle Lowry on a drive and then blocked him. Uh, and then, was guarding Tyler Harrow on a perimeter possession on a switch and played it perfectly to where Tyler didn't... He was like, all right, I don't have the advantage. And they decided to try to dump the ball in to Bam Adebayo, who was who had Dylan Brooks switched onto him, I believe. And even Dylan Brooks did a great job leveraging, you know, and using his strength and trying to, like, get up and under Bam Adebayo so that he didn't get taken advantage of in the post. And it's just really cool to see how the different defensive pieces were working and how Al P was recognizing, okay, if, if Fred is switched on to Bam, then as soon as they try to get the mismatch and throw the ball into Bam, I have to rotate over, and somebody's got to then cover my man. Um, kind of that, like a, a little bit of a scram switching model. Um, and there were a couple times the Rockets successfully scram switched where Fred would get switched on to a much bigger player, and then Dylan would recognize it, and Dylan would be guarding, say, like Tyler Harrow. So then Dylan would, would communicate with Fred, hey, go pick up this smaller guy. I've got the big guy. Um... And it's just cool to see that level of, again, you know, cohesiveness, defensive communication, all kind of playing out uh, at the same time. I wanted to give uh, Al P some serious credit for this game, though, because he had a major bounce back. Uh, 16 points on 6 of 16 shooting. Uh, he kind of struggled there in the first quarter again, and then he really kind of found his way, found his groove uh, in that second quarter and moving on in this game. Uh, the referees aren't being great with the whistle towards him so far this season. Last year, it felt like he was a foul magnet getting whatever he wanted, and this year, it feels like he cannot buy a whistle. So that's been kind of throwing him off a little bit where he'll go and he'll absorb or receive contact and it messes with his shot. But otherwise, still, you know, strong game. Made it to the free throw line six times, hit four of them. He had 12 rebounds in this game, five of which were offensive boards, uh, three assists, and four block shots. So a really, really strong all-around game for Alper and Shingun. Uh, a nice way for him to kind of close out the preseason strong uh, going into this regular season. I do want to share some other individual thoughts about other players from this game, as well as taking a look at what we can expect the lineups to be on opening night for your Houston Rockets. We're going to get there in just one moment. First, today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Look, there's a lot of uncertainty going on in the world today, and it's important to be prepared, whether it's wildfires happening across the United States, whether it's hurricanes, earthquakes. These types of natural disasters can lead to supply chain shortages for medications or the inability to get medications in simply a timely manner. 
enter the Jace case because the Jace case is a personalized emergency medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics that treat the most common and deadly bacterial infections. You can also customize your Jace case and add additional life-saving medications based on your unique needs. And I know for me, my unique needs, I'm a type one diabetic and I'm an asthmatic. So Jace Medical offering the ability to customize your Jace case with dozens of add-on medications. Just choose the medications that best fit you and your family's needs. And also, hey, what about your loved ones, right? You want to make sure they're taken care of. Right now, you can get gift cards. Buy a gift card for a family member or one of your loved ones so that they can get their own Jace case so that they can feel prepared for whatever comes next. Go to jacemedical.com, enter code locked on at checkout for a $20 discount on your order. That's promo code locked on at jacemedical, J A S E medical.com. And final segment here at Locked On Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Let's really quickly hit the uh, couple other forwards in the Houston Rockets lineup before going to kind of the bench impact of one Amin Thompson uh, and then taking a look at what we can assume to be the Houston Rockets rotations moving forward into the regular season. Uh, for Dylan Brooks in this game, you know, strong defensive contributions, had three steals, um, really capable on that end, as we know he is. Uh, he was two of three inside the arc, and then he was one of seven behind the three-point line. So, I, you know, it's unfortunate having Dylan Brooks take an equivalent amount of three-pointers as Jalen Green did offensively out of the starters. Um, a few of those threes felt a little forced. Uh, I don't mind the threes that come within the flow of the offense. If Dylan Brooks gets 10 plus three pointers every night, because those are the threes that the offense is generating fine. But the ones that are kind of contested or ill-advised three pointers where there's still time left on the shot clock, or you could have maybe gotten a better shot. Those are the ones that I don't necessarily need to see as many of from Dylan. So one of seven from him, you'd like to see that number be a little bit better moving into the regular season, but you know, small potatoes, not, not horrendous in the grand scheme of things. And then Jabari Smith jr. Really quiet night for him. Seven points, eight rebounds, two assists, uh, only three of eight shooting. And it felt like it was tonight, it was Jabari's turn to take a backseat offensively, right? Fred got it going early. Then Jalen Green picked it up at the end of the first quarter, top of the second. Al P kind of find, found his way along the, the rest of the game. And Jabari hit a, you know, a couple shots here and there. He had a three-pointer. He had a couple different pull-up middies that, again, just look, when he faces up a defender and pulls up, it looks basically unguardable. He had a couple of those, but other than that, not a ton of offense for Jabari in this game, and he didn't need it because, again, Fred had it going, then Jalen had it going, and I really do hope that with this kind of equal opportunity vibe offensively, even in this game, Jabari didn't feel nearly as uninvolved as he has in games in the past with Steven Silas because in those games, Jabari might have only gotten the four three-point attempts that he got, and so he might have finished the game one of four. He still got a couple, you know, handful of opportunities here and there to get to his shots, to get to his sweet spots on the floor, and if there's ever a point where the Rockets hit a serious lull offensively. I just hope that they're able to recognize, hey, okay, Fred and Jalen had it going in the first half tonight, and maybe they, you know, you know, the bucket starts to dry up a little bit in the third quarter. Maybe we can go check on Jabari and see if he can pick up the slack, right? That's the only thing that I hope happens is because, you know, yeah, maybe the guards start the game hot, but maybe they can't finish the game or vice versa. Maybe the guards are struggling in the beginning of the game, so you have to, you know, get Jabari, Shingun, those guys involved early. I just hope that they're able to recognize, you know, when the well kind of dries up offensively with other guys and they're able to still share the love and give Jabari his points, you know, offensively to contribute when he can. Uh, and then Amin Thompson. God, 
guys, Amin is looking absolutely insane. Um, so he is, he has nine, he finished the game 19 points on six of nine shooting. Nice. Uh, o of one from three point land. He got to the free throw line nine times. It was seven of nine on his free throw attempts. He had seven rebounds, four assists, and two steals in 25 minutes uh, off the Rockets bench. Uh, so he was the high minutes man off the Rockets bench. And the Rockets used him in a variety of ways. Uh, first off, he is very clearly going to be your first sub off the bench, and that'll kind of dovetail into our rotations discussion here in just a second. He's your first guy off the Rockets bench, and Ime even trusted, and we finally saw, and this was, again, one of my favorite lineups that I was most looking forward to, was the Fred Van Vliet, Jalen Green, Amin Thompson lineup. And Ime even spoke about the fact post-game that when you have a guard, a point guard who is as big as Amin Thompson, who can guard, you know, one through three and even some fours at times, it allows you to be able to do a lot with your lineup flexibility. So we saw... You know, those three guards, then Dylan Brooks, and then Alper and Shingoon out there to close out the first half of basketball. And that lineup had a lot of uh, versatility to it because you had three guys who were all, you know, great drive and kick threats who could, you know, collapse a defense and really kind of get things going. So I was excited to see that lineup and even more so just excited to see Amin Thompson really figuring out what he can do on the basketball floor because he's out there still just learning and, and understanding how aggressive he can be. It was really funny watching him in the fourth quarter against like the Heat second and third stringers just deciding, oh, I can just get to the basket at will, can't I? And then he just did it. So it's like watching, uh, it's kind of like watching like a, a bird fly for the first time or something where it's like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, this is easy. I can do this now. Um because Amin Thompson is just recognizing and realizing so many of the crazy things that he can do on the basketball court. Speaking of the craziest things happening on the basketball court, I want to highlight one pass from Amin and the one play that took place between Amin and Alperin Shingun. First, there was a play where Dylan Brooks had to pass the ball to a cutting Amin Thompson who cut into the paint. Or I, I apologize, I actually think it was Jalen. So Jalen hit Amin, a cutting Amin in the paint uh, at one point in this game. And Amin had two defenders. Like, he had his defender, and then a, and then uh, Jeff Green's defender was, like, draped all over him. And as soon as he caught the ball in the paint, two defenders on his back, he's facing the corner that Jalen just passed out of, and he reaches around the, the defender on his right side and immediately does this no-look bounce pass directly behind him to the opposite corner, and the ball found Jeff Green, and Jeff was a little hesitant and didn't wind up pulling the trigger on a shot, but the pass was absolutely bananas, and watching it happen in real time, I have no idea how Amin even, uh, seriously, eyes in the back of his head. And then another one involving Amin and Alper and Shingun. Uh, Amin Thompson die, crashes in, gets, you know, tries to get an offensive rebound and manages to tip a basketball over towards Alper and Shingun, who is also still in the paint. And Alpi's got his back to the basket. The ball kind of like pops out a little bit towards the free throw line. And Alpi kind of recovers it, but doesn't ever really take full possession of it because he basically recovers a loose ball. And on a loose ball, issues a touch pass kind of behind him at an angle where if Alpi is looking at 12 o'clock, the pass went to like, I don't know, five o'clock on the dial and back towards Amin Thompson for Amin Thompson to elevate and get the the offensive put back the two points easy at the at the bucket. My jaw hit the floor on that pass. It was ridiculous. And between the 
between Alpi and Amin Thompson, the Rockets are going to have some insane highlight-level passes this season. So just be on the lookout for those. And I want to know your thoughts in the YouTube comments. Who's going to have the craziest pass this season? Is it going to be Amin Thompson or is it going to be Alper and Shingun? Uh, let me know in the comments down below. Uh, last thing that I want to highlight here, the rotations, which it feels like this was, you know, Emes talked a couple different times about this game being kind of a dress rehearsal. Um, so we finally, we really got a look at kind of, I think, who the, the core rotation guys are going to be and how the substitution patterns are going to look. Now, again, health permitting, those minutes that went to Jeff Green, I think would normally be minutes committed to Tari Eason. That said, they did still get a look at Jeff Green uh, you know, playing out there as the four alongside Jock Landiel. And even at one point, they played Jabari Smith Jr. with those two guys. So Jabari playing the three in that lineup, uh, which I told, I, you know, I made the prediction that at some point this season, we're going to see Ime go big. We're going to see Ime go big with like Al P and Jock Landale out there at the same time and then slotting Jabari at like the three. Like we're going to see that at some point this year because as much as Ime likes to switch everything and go small, we also know that he likes to go go big and really utilize his bigs at times. So I like that we're kind of learning that about Ime. And um, one of the bigger takeaways just from the entirety of preseason is Ime's not afraid to experiment. He's not afraid to throw different lineups out there and see kind of what's what. At one point in this game, he threw out a lineup of the entire bench brigade. So it was Amin Thompson, Reggie Bullock, Jay Sean Tate, Jeff Green, and Jock Landale, which felt awful because there were no play finishers in that lineup. Um, remarked on it during the game, but it just felt like, and it felt like at times, you know, they get a driving kick with a min and then a driving kick with Jay Sean Tate. And then Reggie Bullock would like pump fake a three and then dribble and pass to the next guy. And then Jeff Green would drive and kick. And it's just nobody out there wanted to actually take the shot. Unfortunately, there were a couple possessions that got really disjointed, really clunky because there were so many guys that were great at great connective pieces in that lineup. Uh, but Reggie Bullock was really the only like play finisher. And even then it has to be a shot, right? Not necessarily a, I'm going to attack and pull up and elevate. And even Reggie didn't get, you know, a super clean look during that stretch. So not a great lineup there, but again, not afraid to experiment. So quick takeaways uh, as to what we can expect for the, the lineup, the rotations going to opening night. Uh, Min Thompson is your number one guy off the bench for sure. Uh, that was the first substitution by Ime, and then later he came in with Jay Sean Tate and Jock Landale for uh, Dylan Brooks and Alperin Shingun. Uh, he left Fred and Jabari in for a majority of that first quarter, and it really looks like his his goal is sub Jalen out early, get a min in there, and then sub Fred out later on, uh, so that there's always one of you know a min or Jalen with. Sorry, so there's two out of the three on the court at all times, right? That's That kind of seems like the goal, except for that stretch at the end of the third quarter where, again, he ran that weird lineup with just Amin and, like, Reggie Bullock were your two guards. Um, I think he just did that because he wanted to take a look at the starters again at the top of the fourth quarter without worrying about how to stagger the rest or anything. But as far as the first-half substitution goes, uh, it was Amin first off the bench, then Jay Sean Tate and Jock Landale checked in for Dylan Brooks and Alperin Shingun. Uh, he came back with Jalen Green to end the first quarter and then kind of run that second unit of guys um, during the top of the second quarter, which involved uh, Amin Thompson, Jalen Green, Jay Sean Tate, uh, Jeff Green, and Jock Landale at one point. And then at one point, they subbed out Jay Sean Tate and brought in Reggie Bullock to add a little bit more shooting to that lineup. Uh, so... And then as the quarter kind of went on, they they brought back the starters at one point in kind of like a line switch fashion. Um, originally, it was supposed to, it was going to be, I believe, 
Dylan was going to be one of the first guys to check back in. Uh, and then the other guys walked up to the scores table. They all came back in at the same time. Uh, and then they ran with a lineup actually that included Jay Sean Tate with the starters in place of Jalen Green for a little while. Then they came back with Jalen and the starters. And then they closed uh, with a men in place of Jabari Smith Jr. So not that that's going to be the full-blown guaranteed actual substitution pattern, but your four guys off the bench I think are very clearly going to be Amin Thompson, uh, Tari Eason in place of Jeff Green, and then one of Jock Landale or Jeff Green matchups permitting. Uh, and then rounding out that group uh, is Reggie Bullock, who will probably get some spot minutes, like five to maybe 10 minutes a game. He's the shooter, so it's like, okay, if he's got it going, great. Give him more minutes. If he's not got it going, then you just, you know, you you tried it with Reggie, no dice. Um, I will say that as far as kind of the minutes distribu distribution goes. Um, I like it. I mean, it very much looks like he's going to be leaning heavily on Amin Thompson off the bench. And while we might not again see, you know, while it might be situational where we see like the Fred, Jalen, Amin lineups, that kind of thing, um, I think those are pretty much your guaranteed guys. So I don't think Cam Whitmore is going to make the rotation. I did, I did it. I get a chance to ask um, a couple questions about the rotation pregame. Uh, just, First off, you know, is Cam Whitmore going to be in the rotation? And Ime kept it, you know, political. He was like, well, it's, you know, we're still not 100% sure yet. Um, and then later, though, I asked him, are you a coach who believes in a more of a shorter rotation or a longer rotation? Uh, and he highlighted the fact that he thinks it's better when you're able to give guys, you know, nine or 10 minutes a game instead of, you know, a bunch of guys five or six minutes. Uh, and that the majority of guys prefer that. So, you know, when they're able to get a little bit of a longer stretch of run rather than these like quick little, little bouts in a game. Uh, and he said that his sweet spot in the rotation, he said it's really hard to play 11 guys. And so the sweet spot is somewhere around that 9 to 10 mark on any given game, any given night. So that kind of matches the eye test of what we saw with the rotation this go around. And again, he subs Tari Eason back in for the Jeff Green minutes um, and then matchup dependent. Maybe it's Jock Landale, maybe it's Jeff Green, but that's kind of your 10 to 11 man rotation uh, that I think we're going to start the season with. And maybe Cam Whitmore has a chance to break into that rotation a little bit further down the line. But... Those are final thoughts from the Rockets' final preseason game against the Miami Heat. They finished preseason 4-1. and one. Good sign of things to come further down the line for this Rockets team. Uh, you be the judge of that. Let me know. Give me some of your thoughts from the Rockets' final preseason game against the Miami Heat. Let me know in the YouTube comments. Uh, let me know who's going to have the craziest pass between Alpi and Amin this season. But that's going to do it for today's show. As always, thank you so much for checking things out. If you haven't done so yet, consider subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts or on YouTube. Just search Locked on Rockets. But as always, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. <laughs>